0: After winning two straight in Big 12 play, it seemed like West Virginia had somewhat turned a corner. Mountaineers took a little bit of a step back, but we talk about how much this loss hurts in the bigger picture as the Mountaineers fall to number five Texas, 94 to 60 on Saturday. What's going on everybody? Wesley Shoemaker back with you today, another episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. Yes, I know it has been a minute, but here we are back today, another episode, this time following a loss for the Mountaineers. Mountaineers just get rolled, simply rolled by Texas, 94-60, the loss in Austin today. Mountaineers turned the ball over 20 times, leading the 32 Texas points, while the West Virginia defense just got lit up, and the offense never found their footing, especially in the second half. So, First things first, let's turn the clock back a little bit. Mountaineers came into this game having just won two straight and it honestly looked like they had carried some momentum with them early on in this one. Uh, Emma Matthews scored nine early points. Mountaineers led 12-8. There was that weird double foul call, the block and the charge both called on the same play. I don't know how that works. Uh, Never seen that one before, but another day for the Big 12 referees. Anyway, moving on, Emmett Matthews would not get to shoot the free throw attempt after he did make a layup and get called for a foul while also getting called for a block, but basket counted. The one free throw obviously wouldn't mean anything in the end. West Virginia, though, uh, they just were were never in it following the opening six, seven, eight minutes there. Texas uh, went on a run. And within the first 13 minutes of the game, uh, the Longhorns scored 12 points off of seven West Virginia turnovers. Mountaineers trailed by 11. Uh, Seth Wilson hit a little mid-range jumper early on there. And then they were never in it from that point on. But coming into this game, Mountaineers had just defeated Iowa State and Oklahoma in back-to-back games. And both of those showings were dominant performances. Well, I will take that back. The Oklahoma showing was a dominant performance. Mountaineers beat the Sooners 93 61, but then Iowa state, they grinded it out and got a victory there. And you kind of saw in the beginning of the game that West Virginia, that team that played against Iowa state, that we're going to stay in this and see what happens late, but they never did that. They turned the ball over 20 times, uh, and that just can't happen. West Virginia has turned the ball over 20 times, three times this year. Twice were against the Texas Longhorns. So, matchup nightmares for West Virginia. Uh, Biggs didn't really play that well for the Mountaineers. Uh, Starts with Jimmy Bell. Jimmy Bell, six points, five rebounds, and 15 minutes of play. Mo Wiggy, four points, three rebounds, and 10 minutes. And then James Oconquo, two points three rebounds in 16 minutes, probably James's worst uh, game in a little while, probably about a month, which is good to say for him. Ah, three weeks, three weeks, not a month, not quite there. But let's let's talk. Let's talk about this game. So first thing that stood out to West Virginia head coach was the physicality of this game. Texas was all over the Mountaineers. Uh, Longhorns had 10 steals on the day. That is a, that is a large number and West Virginia really had no answer on offense. Texas kind of got up in West Virginia's space. They bumped them and there weren't, there weren't referees that were calling every bump and West Virginia really struggled to cope with that. Uh, Huggins, Huggins said the physicality was the biggest thing that kind of stood out for him. And he said, this team wasn't prepared for that. And you kind of saw that uh, down down the stretch of the first half. Texas just took over on defense, took over on offense. And part of that was to West Virginia just doing dumb stuff with the basketball, throwing it to Texas, throwing it out of bounds. Like first play of the game, Eric Stevenson drives towards the lane. And he just completely turns around, tries to, I think, look for Evan Matthews and then just throws it out of bounds. So careless things like that leading to easy Texas points while Texas' defense had a field day against the Mountaineers. Mountaineers shot 35% from the field. That is their lowest total. I think they've shot all season. Uh, Well, second lowest total by 0.1%. They shot 35.1% against Kansas, 35.2% percent on the afternoon mountaineers made six three-pointers so uh the trend of west virginia making threes continues mountaineers have made at least six three-pointers and i think they're past seven games here so that is a good little stretch that west virginia is on from three-point range but obviously it didn't mean much on the flip side texas kind of made everything uh 47 percent from the field 10 of 17 from three uh Serge barry rice had himself a day uh he had four three-pointers, five of six from the field, and had 10 points at the free-throw line. Texas missed one free-throw, and it's not like they only shot eight, to 14, 15 free-throws. They shot 25 free-throws, made 24 of them, and the biggest number for them, they turned the ball over only 16 times. Speaking of West Virginia's bigs, going back to that for a second, Mountaineers were four of 11 on layups, so... The one foot, two foot problem still continues here. The turnovers still continue. And for a team who had looked so different than they did against Kansas State, against Oklahoma State, against Kansas, even, they seem to look like that same team. And You can chalk it up as West Virginia's playing the number five team in the country on the road, but you would have liked to see them show a little more fight than a 34-point loss. And the 34-point loss is their biggest loss since West Virginia lost that tournament game in 2014-2015 to Kentucky. So not a lot of good to come from this. And if you're West Virginia now, you turn the page and you face number 14, Baylor. Baylor on Monday for the Mountaineers. Lost to in Morgantown, another team West Virginia lost to. They lost 83 to 78, a game West Virginia was into in until late and they just couldn't get it done there. So, Let's let's dive into this Texas game a little deeper. Uh, turnovers, mentioned them already, 20 leading to 32 points, most turnovers they've had all year. And this is twice now they've played Texas and turned the ball over at least 20 times in each of those games. So how do you fix it? I think that's the biggest question mark, right? Because you've seen since Big 12 play, West Virginia has turned the ball over at a high rate. They've turned the ball over – uh, 20 times against Kansas State, 15 times against Oklahoma State, 15 times against TCU the first time, 20 times against Texas the first time, 19 against Texas Tech. And then they got it down to under 12 the past four games, and then 20 again here tonight. So West Virginia doesn't have a true point guard. Uh Keter and Johnson is not your traditional ball handler, and Joe Toussaint, while he is good with the ball um, – he he's not on the floor. He's not the starting point guard. So Joe has really good handles, but I think sometimes there's a double-edged sword with that. Uh, he can be really good with the ball in his hands, but sometimes he holds the ball too long. And also sometimes he dribbles into places where he then has to make a rushed or bad pass and it turns in and it turns out bad for him and for the Mountaineers. So that, that kind of calming presence with the ball that, I can run this offense with the ball in my hands. It's not always there for West Virginia. And while Kedrian Johnson has been here for a while, I'm not going to say it's his fault because he's just not a true, true point guard. Um, Hawkins has talked about this before, and sometimes it rears its ugly head. And this was one of those nights. And you also have to talk about Trey Mitchell a little bit here. Trey, I believe, had five turnovers and, I guess we can call it the Trey Mitchell uh, return game. Uh, Five turnovers for Trey, 25 minutes, five rebounds, and only four points, one of three from the field. So he just was never himself. Uh, After the game, Huggins talked about Trey. He just said he wasn't Trey. I didn't know what to do with him. He wasn't as confident. He wasn't as focused. Um, He just wasn't Trey. So, this team kind of has two guys I think that they've looked to and gone through this year and that is Trey Mitchell and that is Eric Stevenson. When those two guys play their best basketball, this team plays their best basketball. And Texas just kind of whenever Trey would touch the ball, they'd send multiple defenders at him. They'd be physical with him and they'd make the put they'd make the referees call a foul. And more often than not, there was not a foul called and more often than not Trey Mitchell would throw the ball over throw the ball away or just turn the ball over. And I think there were at least two instances, two, maybe three instances where he just thought a teammate would be in one place and they weren't. And he ended up throwing the ball out of bounds. So Mitchell has got to get right. Trey's got to get right for West Virginia because if he doesn't, there could be there could be a shortened tournament run, a non-existent tournament run if he doesn't because the way he plays and the way Eric Stevenson plays is the way West Virginia plays. And speaking of Eric Stevenson, three points, one of seven from the field, uh, 18 minutes. Obviously, a week ago, Stevenson scored a career high 34, and here he is a week later scoring only three. So when those two guys give you a combined seven points and are a combined two of 10 from the field, um, and they have eight turnovers, you're probably not going to win a game, and you're especially not going to win a game on the road against a top-five team in the country, against one of the best teams in this conference, a team who is starting to make their claim as a possible one seed come March, depending on what they do over these next two, three weeks heading into the NCAA tournament. So next, let's let's kind of talk about this defense. Um I kind of feel like when you turn the ball over and you have poor defense, those things kind of go hand in hand just because teams are running in transition. uh, Teams are getting easier baskets because you turn the ball over. Uh, So that's kind of expected. But West Virginia really has not been that bad in defending the three. And today, today they just got lit up. Uh, ten to seventeen from Texas. Uh, that's the mo- second most three pointers West Virginia has allowed this year. They allowed uh, eleven to Kansas, and then ten to Mount Saint Mary's in non-conference play. But let's like look at the last two games that West Virginia won. Oklahoma shot five of twenty-one from three. Iowa State went six of eighteen from three. So Texas got almost as many three-pointers made tonight as those two teams had combined in your last two victories, if you're West Virginia. So that's just, that's cause for concern and you have more opportunities. Yes, but you can't let teams make 10 three-pointers, especially when those teams are probably better than you and you're on their home floor. So the defense kind of hurts. The fouling hurts. Everything from this one hurts and, that's where we kind of get into the bigger picture. Bigger picture with this one for me is simple. You lose to the number five team in the country on the road. Yeah, it was a stinker. You've had a couple of stinkers, and that's it. But they've both been to top ten teams in Kansas and Texas. Um, you still got games left. You didn't need to win this one. You really don't need to win Monday. All you really need to do if you're West Virginia is win your three games at home. And then if you want to be completely safe, you'll win one either in the conference tournament or you steal one of the next, I think it is four games they have or three games they have on the road. Um, I think three more wins where West Virginia is at gets them in 18 wins and the big 12 does get them in. I'm not saying it gets them in to a C. I'm just saying it gets them in the field of 68, gets them into at least the first, first four games. So um, things have got to improve. Simple as that. Got to improve from today, but you've also seen this team play at a really high level um, at home. At, at a neutral site like I think their game against Iowa State while it wasn't their prettiest game they found a way to win and that's what we've been searching for for West Virginia is finding them finding a way to win like against Iowa State Mountaineers only scored I think they only had a like did not score a field goal in the last five plus minutes but they still found a way to win late against Oklahoma that was obviously probably their best game of the year maybe I'd say Florida is obviously in that conversation as well. And then a week before that, you beat Auburn, top 15 Auburn at your place as well. So this team has the capability to beat good teams. Uh, It's just hard to win in the Big 12, plain and simple as that. And West Virginia was a nine seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. It'll be interesting to see where they move in overall bracketology heading into tomorrow and Monday. Yes, Monday would be obviously nice to win. Any win you can get from here on out would be nice. I'm not sure if they'll they'll do it. It's, it's hard to win on the road in the Big 12, hard to win in Waco. And it's even harder to win when you're coming off a loss like this. Yeah, there's going to be a bad taste in their mouths. It's, I think it's best that West Virginia gets to kind of come back and play and 36, 48 hours from this loss and not have to sit on it till Wednesday. And then they get to return home Tuesday, early, early, early morning, and then have a little four day stretch before they play Texas tech uh, at home. So seasons, season's not going to ride or die on this one. That's, I think the biggest thing that this team should realize is that one game is not going to make or break this season. And especially when that one game is, uh, the number five team in the country on the road, eleven a.m. tip it was local time. Yeah, both teams had to do it, but it's it's different when it's your home court versus when you're traveling halfway across the country to do it. But bracketology wise, West Virginia I think gets to 18, 19, and they're they're for sure, for sure. In. Like night if they if they're at nineteen wins, they shouldn't have to play in Dayton. They should be able to be one of the uh, an at large bid in the actual thing and play in the round of 64. So Mountaineers lose. It wasn't pretty. That's for certain. But uh, if you get three wins at home and you get to get one in the Big 12 Conference Tournament, which if the season ended today, you'd be playing Oklahoma in the 8-9 game in the Conference Tournament, and you just beat Oklahoma uh, by 100, it felt like. You actually beat them by it. But you get the point. You beat a team by 32 a week ago, and if you get them in Kansas City, that would be really nice. And it's just another win. All you have to do is win three to four more games if you're West Virginia and you are in this tournament. And I think once they get into the tournament, this team will not obviously not have to play on the road. They'll be playing at neutral sites and home sites. And let's go. Let's rewind to November. West Virginia played current number one team Purdue, and we're down four with like three minutes left when Trey Mitchell and Emmett Matthews were both sick. They were playing in Portland on Thanksgiving night. Like everything just didn't line up for them that night, but they battled against the best team in the country that night. And they've they're playing in the best conference in America, no question about it. And they're playing the best teams in the country. Like there could probably be five teams that all receive top four seeds. In the Big 12, which is absurd. There could be two two seeds uh in this thing, and all from the Big 12. And West Virginia still has to play the three best teams in the conference, besides sorry, three of the four best teams in the conference on the road. I'd I'd say Baylor, Monday, and then you have Kansas and Iowa State. But then you get two of the weaker teams at home, which you have to take care of business. You got to beat Texas Tech, got to beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a good team. They're a tournament team, yes, but you got to beat them both at home. And then you got to pull it out against Kansas at home come first week of March. And if you don't do it again, sorry, Kansas State at home, first week of March. And if you don't win that game, you got to win at least one, maybe two in Kansas City um, if you don't win a road game. So Mountaineers lose to Texas 94 to 60. Wasn't pretty, but. It's just today in the Big 12, and West Virginia will move on, flush it, regroup, come back Monday, um, another opportunity for Mountaineers to get a big win, to get a quad one win, and to get a road win in the Big 12. So, that'll do it for today's episode. I'm Wesley Shoemaker, host of the Blue World Sports Podcast. Keep it locked here, uh, as well as BlueWorldSports.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. See us on Facebook, do all of that. And if you made it this far, I do appreciate you listening. This is the Blue Bowl Sports Podcast.